information about our ministry, go to jwaller.com. Well, stand with me, if you will, for the reading of God's Word this morning. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. That's in the Old Testament in the Minor Prophets. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 in the Living Bible. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. While you're turning there, amen. Let me just tell you, you better get ready for what God is doing. That's what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk using as a subject, mending nets. Mending nets. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 in the Living Bible. It says, And the Lord said to me, Write my answer on a billboard. Make it large and clear so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell others. But these things I plan won't happen right away. You ever been there before? But slowly and steadily and surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair. For these things will surely, someone say surely, come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue even at one single day. Woo, that's a good word, isn't it? Grab hands with your neighbor. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people this morning to bring them the word of God that you've given me. Anoint my mind and my heart to preach your gospel this morning and anoint them to hear it. Let the divine anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon every hearer that we would grow 30, 60, and 100-fold to be all that you've called us to be in 2017. We understand that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Help us to stand in the middle of your word, in the middle of what you're doing, and having done all to stand, let us stand therefore. In Jesus' name we pray. Give your God a great big amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're in a brand new series starting at the beginning of the year entitled Own the Vision. Own the vision. You must be a part of something bigger than yourself. And the way you do that is you own a vision. A vision that is bigger than you are. Did you know the vision of my father's house is bigger than any one person? It is bigger than any one of us. But it must be fulfilled by every one of us. And over the next few weeks we're going to be speaking about the power of vision. Many of you are attracted to this church, and that's wonderful, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But many of us need to go to the next level, where we're not just attracted to our church, but we are engaged in the vision of the house. Hallelujah. John 15 says, God has anointed you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Well, where am I to bear fruit, Pastor? right in the middle of the local church. I know you think that you made a choice to come here, uh, but God chose this place for you, and you should bloom where you're planted. Well, I don't really like how loud the music is, Pastor. It makes no difference. 
Well, I don't really like the color of the carpet. Pastor, it makes no difference. Well, I wish the children's ministry was doing something different. It really makes no difference at all. If God has called you here, you will not be able to bloom anywhere else but here. And so you need to learn how to engage the vision in which you are a part. To own it. To, to, to take ownership of the house of God. This is more than just my church. I don't like to hear members say, Pastor, your church. I like members to say, Pastor, our church. It's not just up to the leadership. It's not up to just the visionary uh, team. It is to each and every one of us. For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you take ownership of your church, brothers and sisters, uh, get ready. This church will go to the next level. Why? Why the local church? Because the local church is the hope of the world. It really is the hope of the world and it is more than an organization. It is an organism. It is a living, breathing body of Christ in the earth. He cannot do anything without you and I. He has to have somebody to work through. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And that ministry has been translated to you and I. Jesus is still anointed and he's called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel and help those who are oppressed and do good to all and deliver those who are bound up by the enemy. But we cannot do it if we're sitting on our hands. We cannot do it if you've got to be propped up and coerced to come to the house of God. This is the body of Christ. This is the army of the living God. And it is time, amen, to pull up our bootstraps. It is time to stand up to be seen, to speak up to be heard, where we don't have to patty cake and we don't have to get bozo the clown and foo-foo the dog to get you to come to church. The devil is a liar because there's coming a day when you wish that you would have been a part of the things of God because when God commands the blessing, if you're not ready, you're going to lose the blessing. But as for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Yeah, I make my babies get up in the morning and come to church and I don't really care if they like it or not. They didn't pay the mortgage. They didn't put groceries in the refrigerator and as long as you're in my house, you're coming to the house of God because we own the vision where we worship. And I would to God somebody will get excited and somebody will get tenacious and somebody will get angry at the devil and say 27 it's going to be a different year for my family a different year for my children because we are going to own the vision where God has called us to worship I'm not just coming on for a Sunday morning experience I want that Sunday experience in me hallelujah see you and I are the hope of the world and as a church we are only as effective as the members who belong here. If we want our church to get out of debt, it's because the members get out of debt. If we want to be a church of love, it's because the members love one another. Talk back to me if you can. If we want the church to grow, it's because the members decide it's not good enough to stay the same. If the church is to be full of power, it's because the members begin to pray effectively. If the church is to be an organization of influence, it's because the members are influential in the world in which they live. If the church is to be connected, it's because the members get out of their clique and include new people. 
That was for somebody. I don't know who. If the church is to be full of the gifts of the Spirit, it's because the members allow the Spirit of God to move and stop making an excuse for our explosive way of worship. Stop making an excuse. Well, we're, just, we're a little louder than every other church, but we're not always like that. Stop all that. I refuse to let some dead person tell me about anything about the Holy Ghost. Never experienced God, never had a touch from God. I refuse to let anybody tell me about the Holy Spirit or the things of God. When I was nine years old, up in my room with a King James Bible that I didn't know how to read, I sat there trembling under the power of the Holy Ghost. And I don't care if it makes people mad now or not. I refuse to deny Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm glad we're excited. I said, I'm glad about it. I'm glad we got people that shout the preacher back. I'm glad we got people ain't afraid to dance around here. Ain't afraid to shout around here. Ain't afraid to lift up the name of Jesus around here. Because that's how heaven's going to be. Hallelujah. I feel like kicking this monitor right off the stage. I'm so excited. I'm ready. 2017, you need to get ready. That's my whole word for you this morning. But let me take my time for just a moment. Can I do it? Uh-huh. Uh, we thank God for those who attend here at MFH. But many in here, God is calling you to a new level of engagement in 2017. What does an attender look like? Quickly. An attender is someone who is learning about their faith in Jesus and may or may have not made a decision for Christ yet. They are people who are here to be poured into, but don't give a whole lot back. They're new to the things of God. They generally understand little about the scriptures. They have differing needs in different areas of their life. And we're called to meet those needs. They don't serve in any capacity at MFH. They attend semi-regularly, maybe a few times a month. And they're generally on the sidelines of spirituality when the Holy Spirit moves. That's an attender. And there's nothing in the world wrong with that. If that's where you're at, praise the Lord. We want you to be comfortable here. All of us have to start somewhere. Say amen to that. We want you to belong here. Hallelujah. The problem is when you stay there and you stall out there. I hate to put a time frame on it, but I would dare say after two years of being here, not just be attracted to my father's house, you should be engaged at my father's house. What does that look like? That's someone who understands the vision of our house and helps fulfill it. They're here to pour life and discipleship into other people and give much back. They're growing in their faith and begin to understand the scriptures. If I told you to turn to Nehemiah, could you do it? Uh, They're faithful tithers. 
They're strong givers. They serve in some capacity at MFH. They have a servant's heart. They attend very regularly. And they are first to draw on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Could you realize if you're not hungry, my gift doesn't work? The anointing is on the inside. And if you're not hungry for it, it won't activate. You understand that, right? So when you come to the house of the Lord, you should come hungry. Now that's the difference between an attender and someone who is a member or engaged here at my father's house. And if you are in the attender phase, praise the Lord. But if you're hearing your pastor, many of you need to push into engagement at my father's house in 2017. That you go from being just an attender to being a member. Come on. I know I ain't going to get many amens right in here. And that's okay because uh, to be a part of something, it costs you something. You won't walk away from what you invest in. Talk back to me if you can. But if you don't have an investment, then it's easy to walk away. I could come one Sunday and not the next Sunday because I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have any investment there. But that is not the New Testament way. The New Testament way is to find a local house of worship and give your all to the vision that God has placed you in. As I talked on Wednesday, your vision will fit with the corporate vision and God will bring them both to pass at the same time. Hallelujah. So we're asking you, we are, we're challenging you in 2017 to go to the next level, to go to the next level in your attendance, to go to the next level in your spiritual life in praying and in study, to go to the next level in your financial giving. I don't know about you. You can look around. We have ran out of room in this church. There is no room anywhere. Every nook and cranny of this building has something in it. We need a new church. But hear me, we cannot get a new church until the giving goes to the next level here at the church. Thank all two of you. Honey, I appreciate every dime that you give, but $20 is not going to get it done. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. To be engaged in the vision. And we're going to be talking about all of that over the next few months, how you can engage personally, how you can financially begin to support your local church in a greater way than you have before. And hear me, this is not condemning to anybody. This is challenging you to say, amen, if I want to go to the next level, I've got to do something that I've never done before. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. But if you believe that 2017 is a bigger year, a better year, a commanded blessing year you're going to have to get in line with the word of God I preach myself happy see you got to get ready for what God wants to do through you not to you through you not to you through you That's maturity. Maturity is not, God, I just need you to do something for me. It's do something in me that I can then give to somebody else. That I can be a distribution center for God. 
Pour love in my heart so I can give it to other people. Pour encouragement into my heart so I can give it to other people. Pour your grace in my life so I can give it to other people. To be a distribution center. Not God do something to me. God do something through me. But you got to get ready for what God's going to do. I need to take you to two scriptures. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Two scriptures here. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 4 and then Luke chapter 5. Matthew chapter 4 and then Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 5. The title of the sermon is Mending Nets. And we're talking about vision. Matthew chapter 4, in verse 18. Feels good in here this morning, doesn't it? And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Jesus did, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Watch this, verse 20. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Immediately. They left their nets. So what does Jesus do? He calls Simon Peter, says, come and follow me. Be a fisher of men. What do they do? Immediately leave their nets. And follow him. Remember that. Verse 21. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called to them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So Jesus is walking by the fishing expedition, the business that these boys had, and... The apostle Peter, amen, is working on his net. And what happens? The Bible says he drops his net. I'm going to have to buy Corey a new one. I think I've just totally tangled this thing up. Hallelujah. He immediately dropped his net and went and followed Jesus. But they were in the same shipping or fishing business. James and John the son of Zebedee, and old Zeb is in the boat. And they are what? Mending their nets. Now let's look at the exact same, I'm hooked, hallelujah, glory to God. Um, Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, we're going to look at the exact same passage of scripture from Luke the physician. And we're going to get more insight to what's happening here. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. Uh huh. But the fishermen had gone from them and they were washing their nets. And he got into the boat, one of the boats, which was Simon's. And asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. 
But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Verse 10, And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners, hear me, partners with Simon. Who did he call? He called his partners. Who was his partners? James and John. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, uh, you will be a fisher of men. You will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Notice the entire picture. Jesus is preaching at the lakeside of Gennesaret. And he has gotten into Simon's boat. He is in Simon's boat preaching the gospel. And then he gives the command, go out into the deep for a catch. Prior to him getting into the boat and teaching from Simon's boat, he finds the apostle Peter and his boat there. What are they doing? Washing their nets. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Just hang on a minute here. Some of you are like, Pastor, where are you going? Just, just hang with me just a minute, okay? They are washing their nets. And the moment Jesus called, he dropped what he was doing and followed Jesus. But there was an old brother by the name of Zebedee who had two sons who were also part of the business. And while they were giving up, in the other boat saying we've toiled all night and we've not caught anything let's just wash our nets and let's just put them away and come back another day Zebedee understood as an old man I've been around the waters a long time and you never know when somebody's going to get into the boat and tell you to launch out into the deep. And so he begins to tell his sons, I'm sure, who were tired, who were frustrated, who had been working with Peter all night long. He said, you boys ain't throwing in the towel. You boys are going to still be ready because you never know when Jesus is going to get into your boat. And so Zebedee tells his boys, you're not going to throw away the net like Peter. You're going to stay in this boat and you're going to start mending your nets because you never know when the time's going to be right. You never know when the wind's going to blow just right. You never know when it's going to be time to fish. And so... Jesus steps into Peter's boat. But Peter's not ready. Ooh. Can I give you a word? Can I give you a prophetic word this morning? God will not wait for you to get your net ready. When God commands the blessing, 
He really doesn't care if you're ready. He's in the boat and he's about to command the blessing. It's up to you to be ready. Peter thought he was just using his boat to preach a little bit. Well, Jesus says, launch out into the deep. And I bet Peter was frustrated. He even tries to call it off. Listen, Jesus. We have we've toiled all night long. We've been here all night long. We haven't caught a thing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. He throws the broken net. How do we know it's broken? Because the moment the harvest came, the Bible says his net began to break. (laughs) Who does he call for? His partners. Who does he call for? He calls for Zebedee. He calls for James. He calls for John and said, you gotta come and help us because we've got so much fish. Our net is breaking. And had they not been ready for the vision that God was giving them, they would have lost the catch of fish. But thank God somebody was ready. Thank God somebody was standing in the gap to make up the hedge. Thank God somebody was praying. Thank God somebody was fasting. Thank God somebody was standing. Thank God somebody was worshiping. Because when God commanded the blessing, they were ready for all that God wanted to do. In your own life, you got to get ready for what God is going to do because he will not wait on you. When he commands the blessing, you've got to have your nets ready. Your nets have got to be mended and you've got to be in the right frame of mind and you've got to get ready for all that God's going to do. How's God's going to bless a checking account when you don't have one? How's God going to give you a new car if you haven't cleaned the one you got? I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. Some of you need to hear the word of the Lord. It is time for you to mend your nets and get ready for all that God is going to do in your life. So your word this morning is you must be ready for 2017. You must prepare yourself for 2017. Why? You have to be ready, hear me, because seasons change in a moment. You can go from the prison to the palace in a day. You can go from Lodabar to the king's table in a day. You can go from being employee to being boss in a day. You can go from being broke to being blessed in one day. You can go from an empty ship to a ship that's full of fish in the matter of one day. But you'll lose it if you're not ready. You gotta be ready. Seasons do not change because of a calendar date. Your life will not change because it's the first time, first part of January 2017. You will have the same life you had in 2016 if you don't start mending some nets. If you don't start preparing yourself. If you don't start making new decisions. You're one decision away from a new season. 
You're one decision away from going back to school. You're one decision away from having a godly marriage. You're one decision away, amen, from eating healthy and fixing the problems in your body. One decision away. Are you going to mend your nets? A season can change in an instance. In one instant, in one stroke, amen, one minute, immediately you can go from one place to another place. But you got to be ready. I said you got to be ready. See, faith is realizing, hear me, that the season in your life, what you're going through right now is not your final story. That this is just a stepping stone to a new season of your life. I don't know about you, I'm glad 2016 is over. Uh, My neck got a little broken in 2017. I've been doing some fishing in, or excuse me, in 2016. I've been doing some fishing in 2016 and got some broken nets in 2016 and toiled all night and didn't get a whole lot in 2016. But 2017, Jesus is in the boat and he's going to command the blessing. I'm going to start preparing my net. I'm going to start getting ready. I'm going to start preparing. I'm going to pray until I see God move. I'm going to fast until I see God move. I'm going to praise God and I don't need somebody to tell me to praise him. I'm going to mend my nets. I'm going to mend my nets. You need to do some net mending in your life. You need to go and ask for forgiveness because you've been acting like a bonehead. Don't shout me down. Husband say amen in here. No, no, not not wives. Hey, husbands. It's just a joke. Smile, hallelujah. I gotta, I gotta mend some relationships. I gotta mend some broken places in me. I gotta get ready for all that God's going to do in my life because I am one day away from a new season in God. Come on, give him praise if you believe it. Hear me. You have to think about big things while you're doing small things. Mm. You have to think about big things while you're doing the tedious work. While you're mending the net, you've got to think about the fish who are coming into your boat. When you're doing the small things, you've got to think about the harvest that God has on his mind. When you're doing the little things, think about the big things so that the small things will go in the right direction. Man, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. I'm going to buy this tape myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to be ready. Well, pastor, I believe God will wait for me. Wrong. Matthew 25, 1 through 13 talks about the 10 virgins. And five of them had oil in their lamp. Five of them were ready to go. And five had no oil in their lamp. And the bridegroom called. And they said, give us some of the oil. And let us trim our wicks that we may go in with you. And they said, no, lest we run out of oil. And while they were out buying oil, the bridegroom came and shut the door. And they were shut out of the blessing of God because they were not ready. 
you got to be ready, number two, because delayed obedience is disobedience. Delaying your obedience because you are not ready is considered disobedience. You have to be willing to act the moment God sends out his word because he watches over his word to perform it. See, Peter was ready for the season he was currently occupying. It was not that Peter was not ready. He was ready for the season he was occupying. He was not ready for the new season. He he was ready uh, and able for Jesus to use his boat as a pulpit to preach the gospel. As long as that was all that Jesus wanted to do, he was ready for that season. But to go to the next season, to go and launch out into the deep, uh, to be ready for the harvest, he was not prepared for it. I wonder how many of us in here, we are prepared for where we're currently living. We can do it in our sleep. You know what happens? We get comfortable. We get comfortable going through the motions, doing the same thing that we've always done because it's comfortable. But we could miss our next season. I'm talking about owning the vision of your life. It is possible to obey God completely in one area of your life and be completely disobedient in another area of your life. It is possible to be submitted to God in one area of your life and not at all in another area. But God wants all of you, not just a part of you, not just the captain of the ship. He wants a fisherman who has mended his nets and is ready to catch a great number of fish. So much so that the nets begin to break, the boats begin to sink, and Jesus says, I'm going to teach you to catch men exactly as you've seen yourself catch these fish. We don't have enough room here. I said, we don't have enough room here. This net is too small. But I'm going to use every ounce of it, glory to God. And I'm going to be ready. For God's going to do number three, you have to be ready. You have to be ready because the same action, the same action under direct command of God produces different results. They did the exact same thing they had done all night long. And all night long they had not caught anything. But the moment the Lord commanded the blessing, the moment the Lord spoke the word, fish were jumping in the boat. It was not the expertise of the fishermen. It was not the net that they were using. It was not the proper part of the lake. But when God speaks, when the creator of the heavens and the earth speaks, the fish are smart enough to know that if he told me to get into the boat, it doesn't matter if there's a net here or not, I'm going to jump into the boat. And I want to talk to some people in here. You say, I've done that, Pastor, and nothing happened. And I did this, uh, and nothing worked. And I was a tither, uh, and I didn't see the hand of God move. Uh, And I went to church, uh, and I didn't 
see, I was praying and I didn't see it. Get ready. 2017, he is standing at the bow of the ship and he is going to command the blessing. Go and do it again. Go and pray again. Go and lift your hands up again. Go and talk to that person again because you'll find different results. Why? Because number four, I'm closing. I'm getting out of here for this morning. You've got to be ready because he is the God who is more than enough. Come on, if you believe God's going to be more than enough in your life, I want you to jump to your feet. I want you to raise your hands and I want you to believe God for 2017 that God is going to give you more than enough. Come on, praise him all over this house. And magnify your God. Come on. Did they need all those fish? No. Did they need two ships worth of fish? No. But when God commands the blessing, he is more than enough. Other people call it too much. And God says that's just the nature of who I am. I am not El Chipo, I am El Shaddai. I am the God who is more than enough. And so I speak over your finances in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command El Shaddai to show up in your finances in 2017 that you will owe no man anything but to love him. I prophesy over your life that the fish are getting into your boat by the commanded word of God. I prophesy over your body and I command your body to live and not die and declare the word of the Lord. I command pain to leave your body as the Lord commands the blessing. I speak to your emotions and I command them to come under control and the power of the Holy Ghost as you believe God and stand on his word as the commanded blessing is over your life. I speak over your children and I command them to get into the net in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper. The Lord will command the blessing on you and on your children and all which you set your hands. You will own the vision of my father's house and great will be the fish that we're about ready to catch because, listen, Jesus wasn't talking about fishing and he wasn't talking about nets. He was talking about people. He was talking about the kingdom of God and he said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Just as, just as you've seen these fish, you're going to see men and women, boys and girls, come.